We look forward to seeing you at Two Days of Truth being presented by Beyond Labels. It's our fourth annual Two Days of Truth Summit. This year's theme is Detox is for Everybody. We're bombarded by everything from chemtrails to EMFs to pesticides, herbicides, even uh, toxic people. We're going to deal with all of these aspects at the Two Days of Truth Summit coming up. Sina, give us the final information. I'm really excited about this summit. I think this is going to be our best one yet. It's June 14th and 15th at Polyface Farm. We have some fantastic speakers like Sayer G, the founder of Green Med Info, uh, Dr. Leland Stillman, who's been featured by Wise Traditions lately, Hilda Labrada-Gore, affectionately known as Holistic Hilda, you and me, of course, we also have, for the first time ever, a kids and teens program. So now the adults can enjoy the adult side while they know that their kids and their teens are having fun while also being educated by Joel, myself, and Hilda. It's going to be a blast. And this year, what we're going to do is we're going to actually teach you ancient and modern techniques for how to detoxify the body, mind, and spirit. And we're going to help you put together a personalized plan like an action plan that you can take home and start. As soon as you arrive home, you can implement this action plan and start your detoxing. You know, listen, folks, Polyface is only eight hours from half of the U.S. population. Take a long weekend, come join us, and uh, you'll rub shoulders with other like-minded people, find our tribe, and be encouraged. It's a lonely place out there lots of times, especially if you're a bit of a maverick. So come and spend time with other mavericks and get encouraged, inspired, and enthused about living a more healthy life. So I love the topic for this year, detoxification. It is one of the most important topics that we could ever address at our health summit. Because as Joel mentioned, everyone, every single person needs to know how to detoxify their body, mind, and spirit in order to achieve optimal health and wellness. Hi, welcome to Beyond Labels. I'm Dr. Sina McCullough, and I'm here with Joel Salatin, our favorite farmer. And today we have kind of a different podcast for you. We're doing a mailbag episode. We've had so much uh, mail that we've received from our listeners and we love receiving it. And we're finding that we don't have time to dedicate a whole podcast to each question. So we're going to try to do more of a lightning round of questions with, with Joel and myself. So I'm going to jump right in. The first question comes from Sharon Newman. She says she saw an article about carbon sequestering that really raised her eyebrow. Now, um, it was in the Wall Street Journal. So I have I can't access the article, but Joel has accessed it. So he is going to explain to us what is happening with this new carbon sequestering technology and give us his thoughts. Okay, so as you know, there's a... a there's a, a stampede right now in great big businesses to try to become carbon neutral or go to zero, whatever, um, because of climate change. We, we're not going to get in all the debate about that. But but this latest is American Airlines, and um, they're teaming up with an outfit called Graphite. It's a startup. Um, and I'll just read you the paragraph that's, that's critical here. Um, it collects agricultural waste products such as sawdust or tree bark that naturally absorb carbon dioxide. It compresses that dried biomass into shoebox sized bricks and seals it using a special barrier to prevent the plant matter from decomposing 
and releasing carbon. The bricks are then buried and monitored using an embedded tracer substance to ensure they are locking away carbon. Now, I want you to just think about this. Just think about this. They're taking biomass and making sure it can never decompose. Now, I want you to think about the most elemental building block of ecology, which is all about decomposition. What feeds earthworms? What feeds the soil? It's decomposition. Um, you know, if, if if this is if this is correct, then we should eliminate all compost piles and take all that carbon and bury it in landfills, you know, and 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 make sure that it can't uh, decompose. And so um, the the truth is here. Here's the truth. Here's my little my little bottom line note on it is this: they're barking. Huh. No pun intended. They're barking, barking up the wrong tree, bark, tree bark. Um, it's it's the wrong goal. If they really want to reduce carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, what they need is to take all this biomass, the sawdust, the bark, and all that stuff, and and use it in the soil to increase organic matter, to grow more vegetation, and the vegetation then uses up the carbon dioxide. The way, the way the ecology balance sheet works is when CO2 increases, plants increase. And then when CO2 decreases, plants decrease. That's the way it works. And so um, without getting into all the, you know, the, the chemistry of, of carbon sequestration, all that stuff, the bottom line is the, this is solar, solar created biomass that is here to create fertile soil, to grow healthier plants, to consume more carbon dioxide. So the entire idea of taking decomposable material and making it never decompose violates every principle of ecological cycling known you know known to exist and so yeah it's balderdash that's the bottom line yeah that's crazy what did it say what are what are they sealing it with to stop it from decomposing um didn't didn't say uh the 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 main thing is that this system supposedly is um like they've got a chart here, um, the cost of carbon removal by metric ton and um, direct air capture costs almost $700 per metric ton. And Graphite, this new uh, company, is saying that they're going to be able to do it for about $100 per metric ton. So if you're an American Airlines and you're trying to uh, – trying to get, take tell your stockholders that we are carbon neutral obviously if you can drop from $700 a, a, a metric ton to $100 a metric ton it makes it much more viable to be able to tell your stockholders you know to be able to uh, sequester that much carbon but 
you know, I mean, the, the very idea, I mean, think about this. I, I, I didn't, I should have, I should have taken time to do some, um, some math on this, but um, right now, this company, it's, um, it's in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, collects waste from two timber mills and a rice milling operation. So they're using rice hulls as well. Um, the company aims to start manufacturing its biomass bricks in January, burying them in July, hopes to be making roughly 140 pallets of blocks a day, enough to store 50,000 metric tons of carbon annually. 50,000 metric tons of carbon annually, okay? Um, American Airlines generates, are you ready for this? Generates 35 million metric tons a, a, a year. So this plant is going to do 50,000 metric tons uh, in order to do all of American Airlines would, um, no, real-time calculator, 35 million divided by 50,000, it would take 700 of these plants, 700 of these plants to do American Airlines only. That would take, uh, uh, yeah, it would be fun to do some more math on this, but but it's, 700 of these plants would would take um mountains and mountains of biomass that currently is used for composting municipal composting livestock bedding that that then gets composted a lot of it uh for for landscape mulch for i mean it it it, it would it would make your your uh, bark mulch for your vegetable patch or your flower bed probably you know quadruple in price uh, because there'd be a short, it's it, Cena. It's nuts. It's just nuts. And it sounds crazy. I almost couldn't come up yeah, with a it, it solution. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. It it doesn't work. It it doesn't work practically, and it definitely doesn't work ecologically. It just it doesn't make any sense. But this is the kind of stuff you get from, you know, people that are smart about some things and not very smart about others. <laughs> and well and, and let's leave it at that so <laughs> yeah 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 I, I think i think that that's enough said yes yes uh okay great then i'm gonna go on in this lightning round to question number two and again this is a question for you joel uh this is a farming question this comes from lisa i believe it's friel um, and she says she lives in Northern um, Ohio. She has young egg layers, or she got young egg layers this past summer. She has a mobile coop and a 49 square foot A-frame, um, a run that's covered on all sides with hardware cloth. We've been moving the chickens around my small suburban backyard every few days since we got them. Now that it's cold, we're about to park the chickens for the winter in a stationary location because nothing is growing and because the weather makes moving them impractical. My plan at the moment is to rotate the chickens to new grass for the warm six months of the year and have them stationary for the other six months. So she has two questions. The first is a big one, she says, the second is a small one. Okay, as it's gotten colder, when there is cold rain, hail and snow, the chickens huddle 
in the very small covered area under their elevated coop. I had thought to increase their wintertime area to roam happily since it is since it is so often precipitating that I should cover their A-frame run with a clear plastic painter's tarp, pulling back about half of the plastic cover only if it was unseasonably warm or dry. Now in episode 55, Joel emphasizes the need for the run slash compost scenario to be exposed to moisture. So does Joel think, A, I should let the snow and cold rain come into the whole run all winter unabated, B, cover just the north 50% of the A-frame run area, or C, cover all of the A-frame roof is okay since the two vertical A-sides will be open all winter to the elements. Oh my God, and I have to say, reading this, the A, B, and C options, oh my goodness, Joel, it brought back so many flashbacks of tests during grad school. Ah, yeah. I always wanted to yeah, fight or I'll flight. Bet. Which one is it, A, B, or C? Like <laughs> Yeah, 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 A, B, or C, yeah. Yeah. So Joel, okay. which one is it? Which one is right? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, the the I think my answer is it doesn't matter. I think the real the the unspoken thing here is when it rains, cold rain, hail, and snow, the chickens huddle in the very small covered area under the elevated coop. So my first response to you is your coop is not warm enough for the chickens. So the coop the, the the actual the the little the little area the coop that you're actually calling their protected area is not comfortable enough for them. If you make that area more comfortable, i.e., uh, tighten it up a little more, um, uh, maybe maybe put a little um, a plastic hoop over it so it can be like a little bit of a you know, a little bit of a greenhouse there, um, a little additional canopy so that the chickens can actually be comfortable in there when it's cold and rainy and snowy, then they will go out into the A-frame run, covered or not. And so so I don't think the covering the A-frame is really the question. The question is, why are the chickens uncomfortable at any time? They should be comfortable. They should be able to get to a place of comfort all the time. And if they have that, they will venture out into the A-frame run whenever they want to. Thank you for joining us on Beyond Labels. Our mission with this podcast is to make it accessible to everyone. But we are behind a paywall because the issues we discuss are often subject to censorship. We run into that, and so we have an extremely modest paywall to let us have the freedom to discuss the kind of issues we want to discuss in the way we want to discuss them. And you can become a member and enjoy all this content by clicking on the description box below. We look forward to having you join our family.